This is Lovey Dummies. I'm David. And I'm Perlan. Thanks for joining us. This episode is about children and divorce. On today's show, we have Kimberlyn. We talk to her about growing up in a single-parent household and how her parents' divorce affected her romantic relationships. Let's have a chat with her. Kimberlyn, thanks for being on our podcast. Of course. Thank you for having me. Great. Could you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself uh, and what you're doing right now? Okay. So I'm Kimberlyn and I live in San Francisco. Right now I'm an AmeriCorps volunteer serving at a, a crisis shelter for homeless and runaway children, like 11 to 17 years old. And last August, I just moved back here from Nagano, Japan, and I was a, a JET, an English teacher there for two years. So now we're going to start with our question. You're single, right? <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> Are you waiting or dating, China? I would say more waiting and accidentally dating. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what kind of guy are you looking for now? Um, definitely someone who's going all out for, for Christ in his faith. Probably someone who's actively engaged with service. Um, but, yeah, someone who looks like Jesus with the long <laughs> hair and the bare feet and everything. It shouldn't be too hard to find in San Francisco, I think. It's really not. It's really not too hard to find. Yeah. Do you have someone in mind? No, I don't, actually. I'm, I am not actively pursuing anyone or actually on the lookout, necessarily. I would say I'm every day kind of just whole on my own. and just That's why I say I'm more waiting. If someone comes, then I'd be open to it, but I'm not actively mm -hmm. looking for another person. Okay, great. Since actually yeah. a question related to that, since you already mentioned that, uh, mm -hmm. this is just for your opinion. As a single person, how active do you think you need to be to find a new relationship? I'm not sure because my personality is actually one who's very like outgoing, and I'm actually meeting a lot of people out here. So I don't think it's actually I have to be that much more active because I'm already meeting a lot of people <laughs> by default. Sure. Um, <laughs> And I'm lucky to be in a city like San Francisco where there's a lot of opportunities to pursue like-minded community. So um, I am like actively involved with like the Christian community out here, which mm -hmm. narrows down the pool. However, if I were like when I was living in Nagano in the middle of the mountains, <laughs> I, I would probably have to be a lot more active in terms of meeting new people and people my age. Mm. Sure. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about your family background? Yeah. Um, Okay, so I was raised by my, my mom. She was a single parent. She had my eldest brother when she was 16, actually, out here um, in California. And I kind of grew up with her and my, my grandparents because we all lived together and they all supported her as she was raising me and my brothers. Um, so, yeah, to answer about my siblings, I have two older brothers and I grew up with them. Um, my dad, he immigrated from the Philippines, um, and he was in the military. So after my parents split up when I was 
um, around five years old. I didn't actually spend much time with him because he was always traveling. Um, so mm. I mostly grew up with my mom and my brothers up until around my 20s is when my dad actually came back in the picture because he retired and we actually live a lot closer and he is now part of Mix as well. That makes sense. Tell me if I need to slow down. Waking up. I'm waking up, guys. Thanks for bearing with me, world. Do you think this experience with your family um, affected your romantic endeavors in the past? Like how you relate to men or things like that? Yeah, definitely. I think um, more so because I'm really close with my mom and kind of her experience having to go through a relationship at a young age and getting married and divorce really did impact my relationship styles for, for better and for worse, I would say. Mm. Um, for instance, when I was in junior high school and if I imagined my family, like having my own family in the future, I never saw a man in the picture just because I always just knew single parent households and my friends um, that I grew up with also were, came from single parent households, usually their mom. So just, we never really actually grew up around like um, an example of a, of a healthy marriage. Um, health. So yeah, definitely growing up, I, if I imagined having my own family in the future, I just imagined myself and my kids. So it wasn't until later that that kind of started to change. I would say. I guess your your perspective growing up on romantic relationships is basically that mm -hmm. they don't, you know, they have nothing to do with children or family. Yeah, yeah, definitely kind of like if there was a romantic relationship, it was definitely um, like a one-to-one -one thing. Like, for instance, I grew up around my mom dating a lot, but it was always her and her significant others. It wasn't really involved with the children or, you know, so mm -hmm. I, I would agree with that. Um, very interesting that you, you noticed that actually. <laughs> yeah. Actually, that's, that's um, kind of like a, a, an interesting point since you kind of mm -hmm. like, since you opened that up, like, mm -hmm. how did you feel like when your mom started dating or like kind of like introducing uh, you and your brothers to kind of like, yeah, um, a lot of it, I was too young when I first noticed mm. her dating, so I was always just like really friendly and excited to meet new people. I probably didn't like fully grasp that this was a romantic <laughs> mm -hmm. friendship. Um, but later on, like as I grew up, as she, she dated, I was probably really defensive actually around my mom and um, closed off around new people coming in. Maybe I thought they were trying to replace my father, even even if they never had that intention. Um, and so, yeah, I usually closed off towards people and my brothers are actually a lot more closed off, I think, because they were older when my family went through the divorce. So they actually um, have a lot less optimistic perspective on like marriage and com like long term committed relationships, actually. So, um, so their perspective is actually like a little bit more intense than mine, I would say. Do you have any recent discoveries about relationships based on your, like, you know, experiences with your job, uh, your mm. entire experience from getting relationships and things like that? Oh, that's a very broad question. Um, well, with my job, some 
So I work with, like, as I mentioned, a lot of runaway youth or homeless youth. And I've actually noticed with working with my kids that most of them come from broken families and most of them don't actually have a father figure. Or if they do have a father in their life, it's a very damaged relationship and like a very hurt relationship. So I actually, I thought that was interesting. Um, I I noticed how important it, I think it is to have a core family and a consistent family. Um, so from work, that's a recent perspective that I've actually noticed. As far as personal, you also want like a personal perspective? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I guess recently, I think my views are really tied into my faith. And as I like pursue, pursue that out here, um, like being in San Francisco, I've had a lot of opportunities to to like engage with Christian community, and I think a personal something personal I've learned is that like I actually just need to pursue. I believe that I just need to pursue my relationship with Jesus, um, and and everything else falls into place. Like whenever I try to pursue a person more than that, things just kind of <laughs> mess, you know get a little messy and a little complicated. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, going back to your family, uh, do you consider yourself to be in a blended family? Definitely blended. Um, are we talking? If we're talking ethnically and racially, yeah, I, I'm Mexican <laughs> and Filipino. Um, so ever since I was a child, I was always mixed. Um, I was never Mexican enough because I couldn't speak Spanish, and I wasn't always Filipino enough because. My Tagal looks really bad as well. Um, so, <laughs> so just racially, definitely, yes, a blended family. And relationally also because, you know, my dad has had other marriages and he's had other kids and our families have mixed in and out. Um, so I would say in that way as well. I'm curious, have you noticed any yeah. sort of like issues in blending or... Are just any problems? Have you guys encountered any problems? Um, I think there's been challenges, but mm -hmm. not necessarily. I wouldn't call them problems. Like with, mm -hmm. I wouldn't assess them as like a bad thing. Um, like growing up, I like I would catch like family sides kind of making like racial generalizations about my opposite <laughs> sides of the family, and that mm -hmm. like I definitely like through high school especially, I would go through phases of liking only my Mexican side or wanting to be only Filipino. And I would have that tension over feeling the need to identify with one over the other. Mm. Um, Was there like a reason behind uh, that or? Um, yeah, I think probably like for, exposure like there are certain times in my life when I was only living with my mom's family and not really being around Filipino side of the family um or and then in high school I actually my high school was predominantly Filipino or Asian American so I started to hang out more with that and I started to feel kind of less I don't want to say shame about being Latina or Mexican but definitely you know a lot of my friends had racial stereotypes about Mexicans and I would you know keep I look phenotypically you know, Asian to most people so I would when when friends would say stuff like you know Mexicans aren't as smart um that would really hurt me and that would just also add to the tension 
Um, so yeah, definitely growing up, I, I did experience that, but in college, I, I kind of tapered off as I like grew more in my identity. Um, yeah, I kind of changed the topic a little. <laughs> to, <laughs> to, to, to race and ethnicity. Sorry, I was asking follow-up questions, so I kind of yeah. led you into it. Yeah. Well, uh, do you have any kind of like, um, like what are the challenges of being in a blended family? Are we talking blended like ethnically or blended as far as the, the relationships like from other the marriages? Uh, like for example, mm -hmm. uh, your dad has a, like a different family oh, right. now. How do you oh, yeah. relate to them? Or Yeah. Um, okay. So that's a good question. So my dad from his, one of his other <laughs> marriages, he had two kids and they were my little brother and my little sister. And I've actually always been open to them. But one challenge is my older brothers, um, they weren't as open. They, they were very much like, you're not part of our family. You don't have the same mom. Um, and like navigating that where I felt like I had two little brothers and sisters, but my two older brothers didn't feel that they were part of the family did make me at times feel like I was betraying um, mm. some of my, some of my family. And and if, you know, I grew close with my stepmom growing up and there was also a guilt about caring for another woman who wasn't my biological mom mm -hmm. and tension around that with relationships that definitely happened. And, and now that my, you know, my, my dad and his, his second wife, they're actually not together, that, that definitely um, was hard because my little brother and my little sister are like so far and so hard to connect with because of distance and relationships. So yeah, there's definitely been a little bit of a, a complication, I think. Mm. Uh, Having all these experiences in life, what are your thoughts on marriage at this point? I still believe that marriage can work. Um, even though I think a lot of my family and a lot of people in my community in San Francisco I actually hear people give up on marriage. A lot of people don't think it could work. Um, I still believe in, in it. Um, but just as far as like my personal beliefs, I think, again, that's really tied in with my faith. I, like, I think marriage that really... Um, for me, it would be based in Christ, in my relationship and faith in that. And... I think that would be like the foundation. And I also believe marriage should bring something to the world. It's not one-on-one. -on -one. It's not about my feelings necessarily, like only about romance and passion. But I also want my marriage to like be sustaining and, and bring something to others as well, not just to one other person. Sort of on the lines of marriage, in your opinion, what is the most important quality a person can bring to a relationship? Hmm. Besides being able to cook for me, let me think <laughs> this one through. I think, um, I think commitment, like just commitment that you can trust. I think I marriage is long term; it's for the rest of your life. And I, if I'm gonna commit with someone and have them be my my husband, my partner. I, I want them to, I want to know that they're going to stick it through because mm -hmm. I know there's going to be ups and downs. Um, 
and I, and I want them to, I want to trust that they will choose to be with me in this, in this journey um, and commit to that. Yeah. And honor that. I'm wondering, like, did you ever have any sort of a, like, bitterness or did you ever kind of like wondered why your parents got divorced and how you cope up like how you accepted it something like that i think because i was around five when my family split up divorce is actually just all i knew it was very normal growing up the everything from the like visiting dad only in the summers to um like parents arguing over custody. That was just a really normal part of my life. And it was also reflected in my friends and my communities. That was a common theme. So it probably wasn't until I got older, around like college age, that I felt a little cheated. Like, hey, that's not how it has to be. Like, what? I could have my family um, life together. Um, and probably around that time, I wrestled more with fear, not so much resentment, more so fear that like that's what I was doomed for or something mm-hmm. but now I really don't like I, I'm very grateful to have had um like just forgiveness and yeah and I don't actually wrestle with that bitterness anymore but I I do channel it into hoping for something better mm. for, for me <laughs> that's wonderful because like yeah. I know a lot of people they keep blaming for example mm-hmm parents for being divorced and things like that for ruining their life like when in fact you have total control of like you know your decision in the future and things like that um how do you think uh these experiences help you with your current job because now you're uh you're serving um like a shelter like you know where Mm -hmm. people came from broken families and things like that yeah, I think it really helps me to relate to the kids who come in. Um, when they come in really hurt that um, a, their parent figures, for instance, aren't in their lives or um, or they're in the midst of their parents fighting over, over custody and stuff like that, I could really empathize with that. And um, I feel like I'm actually able to give them hope a little bit more because um, I, I know that like just – that that isn't the end point and that doesn't necessarily uh, mean they'll stay stay there. So I try to encourage, encourage the youth more. So it definitely allows me to empathize a lot with the kids who come in. So I'm grateful for that. And I and I would not trade it. Uh, in this in this podcast, we don't really give any advice, but um, we appreciate anything that like you know you can share or thoughts that you can share to the listeners. Or even stories. Okay. Um this might not be necessarily a summary of everything that we talked about, but just a nugget that I'm carrying with me. And that's, um, we don't feel, I don't feel doomed to repeat just cycles of relationships. Um, I think growing up, I used to think if I'm from a divorced family, that's bound to happen to me, or I'm from broke, I've grown up around broken relationships um, in my community, that's bound to happen in my family but I definitely don't think that we're we're doomed to a certain kind of relationship outcome and that yeah I feel very whole and happy as a single woman just pursuing myself and my faith and um yeah (laughs) there's hope (laughs) 
Wow, thank you. You just need to right now. Yeah. <laughs> I feel Commitment. so <laughs> Commitment. Oh, good. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah Very good words. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I don't I definitely don't look at my family's background and think that it was a bad thing and I wouldn't change it for the world. Yeah. It definitely shapes how I value things now. So so thank you. Yeah, well that's great. So Kimberlyn, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks for waking up early to talk to us. Thank you for having me. Thanks for staying up late. And that was Kimberlyn. Yep. So Dave, what did you take away from our interview? I think what most impressed me about her was just the attitude that she had about being a child of divorce. Uh, just having to grow up in that situation, you don't see it as something to like wallow about, right? To be sad about, but more as you know, this is an opportunity for me to help other people, mm-hmm. and that's something that my um, something that my dad likes to talk about too. Is you know the things that we suffer in life uh, enable us to to help others that are going through the same kind of situations. And it's right. not just like a, a pity party. Yeah, and that's exactly why we're here. Like, we want to let the other uh, children of divorce know that, look at the Kimberlyn. You know? Yeah, they're not alone. <laughs> yeah, you're not alone. First thing, you're not alone. And uh, that's not the end of the world for you. Right. What's What you're going to do next with your life greatly depends on you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like you have a lot of power to choose uh, whether you're going to destroy your life or you're going to make it so much better. Yeah, if you're just going to blame your parents or blame other people for mm-hmm. your circumstances. And now for parents who have kids, I have here some tips. <laughs> okay. Actually, this is not an advice and this is not for me. This is from a book and it's called Talking to Children About Divorce, A Parent's Guide to Healthy Communication at Each Stage of Divorce, written by Jean McBride. Oh, okay. Uh, but before I continue, I just want to say that uh, there is no way that Dave and I or our show is endorsing divorce, especially if it's not like a matter of life and death situation or things like that. The Bible has rules for that, but, uh, you know, we live in a broken world and it takes two to tango. Of course. So we have here some important things to share. Um, These are the three main things your children need to thrive. So number one, uh, remember that your kids, they need involved, loving parents who are willing to be emotionally and physically present for them. So your presence is very, very valuable, no matter how old they are. Mm. Okay, number two, they need uh, freedom and opportunity to love each of you without ever feeling disloyal to the other. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes it's a big issue. Yeah, Kimberlyn mentioned it too. Yeah, whose side are you on, really? Mm. Mom's side or dad's side? So please do not make it difficult for them. Mm. Okay. And lastly, protection 
from destructive conflict. Not all divorces are kind of like amicable or right. um, both parties are willing to talk and be friends sometimes. Like that movie, Daddy's Home. <laughs> They're friends. Daddy, you're talking yeah. about Daddy's yeah. Home? So it's not like that. Not all situations are like that. Uh, right. There's there's many that involve abuse and that's uh, there's good reason for there not to be uh, like communication between the two. Yeah. So uh, just remember to protect your kids no matter what uh, from destructive conflict of any kind. And just simply focus on loving your children and creating a stable home for them, whether it's a single parent household or a step family mm. in the future. So like I said, again, we live in a broken world. And uh, I just hope that we all work out to strengthen whatever it is that remains mm -hmm. and help them thrive in, in that condition. Divorce is just one part of a family's life. And it's not kind of like a, a traumatic forever event. So there's always a choice for all parties involved. Um, parents, children, to work together so that that particular thing doesn't have to destroy them for the rest of their lives. This is a Creative Commons podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at Lovey Dummies. And if you have any similar experiences or some totally unrelated stories, you can share it with us. Our email is lovenotes at loveydummies.com. Or you can fill out the anonymous contact form on our home on the web, loveydummies.com. Mm -hmm.